our theme this morning is, is about knowing Jesus. Again, it's something that uh, we didn't get together and talk about. It's just something that we're really grateful that the Holy Spirit pulls together. So just a reminder, last week I urged us as a community to make the most of the at-distance situation that we find ourselves in. I know we don't like it, uh, but if we keep fighting it, uh, things don't get better. So we, you know, when this started, we, we never imagined that we would have to cancel our in-person services. And then as we moved on, we, we never imagined that uh, it would be months and months of at-distance services. We've now held in-person service only for the past 11 months. We're closing in on a year. That is incredible. But we've made that choice uh, for the sake of the health of others, um, both people in our community and people in our city. We are listening to our public health officials who are saying it's not yet time for us to gather safely in a room indoors to do church. So we're choosing uh, to do online services. And we're choosing to devote ourselves to online opportunities. Uh, again, that's not, we don't, you know, no, that's not what the way we'd like it to be, but that's the way it needs to be right now. So we're devoting ourselves to learning from our team of teachers week by week as we do this Facebook Live service. We want to learn how to connect with one another with online chatting. And we want to learn how to connect with online prayer. And then I, seriously, I don't stop dreaming of the coming day three to six months from now when we will break bread again together. We'll have those meals together. We'll be together, and that's going to be great. Don't let that dream die. And as we learn from teaching, as we invest in building our friendships, as we pray fervently for one another, all of those activities continue. Uh, they don't have to stop. They're at distance, but they continue. And all three, learning investing in a relationship, praying for each other, all of those keep us on track with spiritual formation. We're in the process of becoming like Jesus in thought and deed for the sake of others. One theologian uh, says it this way, the Pauline letters focus on the formation of Christian communities to lead a life worthy of the calling to which they've been called. This theologian is quoting from Paul's letter to Ephesus. In the fourth chapter, Paul wrote, I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It is the personal and corporate life lived like Jesus that is suitable 
to the invitation that we've received to follow him. Paul has nothing to lose in begging the believers in Ephesus. He's in prison. He's not going to get in trouble. I beg you all. I beg you to live your lives in a manner that's worthy, suitable to the invitation you've received. And then he describes that life. It's a life lived with the highest and the greatest degree of humility, gentleness, and patience. A life of love as we bear with one another and maintain the unity of the Spirit. I want that to soak in for a moment. What Paul wrote to the Ephesians is something we are to realize in our day. We as a community who have responded to the invitation of following Jesus, the life we live together is a life marked by the superlative degree of humility. Meaning we, if we're in the process, are known to be the most humble people on the planet of the earth. We are known to be the most gentle people the most patient people. We're known to be a people that love each other because we bear with each other. We are people that maintain the unity of the Spirit in spite of the circumstances. And the past 11 months have really strained our relationship, our love, and the unity that we have in, in the Spirit. That's what the potential of Christ being formed in us is, the most humble the most gentle, the most patient people on the planet are meant to be those people all over the planet who are following Jesus. Sadly, we live at a time when the church is falling short of this sort of public and private life. In his book, The fall of evangelicalism, that's a question David Fitch writes. The underlying suspicion of this book is that we evangelicals have been failing at this task of spiritual formation. We have not articulated what we believe and then practiced what we believe in such a way as to shape communities that incarnate Christ's character, humble, gentle, patient in the world for the mission of God. Instead, it is frightening how it seems our public persona has become characterized as exactly the opposite. The least patient, the least gentle, the least. David Kinnaman, the president really past president of the Barner Research Group, wrote in 2007 in a book entitled Unchristian. Most people I meet assume that Christian means very conservative, entrenched in their thinking, anti-gay, anti-choice, angry, violent, illogical, empire builders, They want to convert everyone, and they generally cannot live peacefully with anyone who does not believe 
what they believe. Now I hope that you're, you're contrasting what the Bible says in Ephesians, the most humble, the most gentle, the most patient, people loving one another, bearing with one another with what David Kinneman found out in his research. I'm going to read it again because it's kind of like shocking. Most people I meet, David wrote, assume that Christian means very conservative, entrenched in their thinking, anti-gay, anti-choice, angry, violent, illogical, empire builders. They want to convert everyone. They generally cannot live peacefully with anyone who does not believe what they believe. What a contrast. It's strikingly obvious and painful to acknowledge. In general, those invited to live a life worthy of their invitation to follow Jesus are not only falling short, they're also discouraging others from following, which is the opposite result of the mission that we've been given by Jesus. Some estimate that 25 million people have walked away from the evangelical church since the first decade of the 21st century. Again, did, I mean, I, this is like, I don't want that to miss your ears. We're not only failing miserable in being like Jesus, being formed like him, but in that we are also discouraging others to remain a part of the evangelical church. Since the first decade of the 21st century, some estimate that 25 million people have walked away. What do we do? What, what do we do with that degree of failing in our formation and failing in our mission? Well, David Fitch in his book uh, gives a suggestion about writing the book, but I think it's something that we could adopt as well. He wrote, the task that lies ahead in this brief book is to analyze what happened here and then to reorient evangelical belief and practice for the task of shaping communities into God's mission in the world. So as a community following Jesus, we must learn what has happened. We, we cannot bury our heads in the sand. We cannot pretend like we have a better reputation with the people around us. We have got to accept that we are not well-liked. We've got to find out what happened. How did the church get in this mess? If we can, if we can discover the, the mistakes that we, we've made, we can begin to avoid and correct those mistakes as we move forward. We also need to reorient evangelical belief and practice for the sake of shaping communities for God's mission in our world. It's good belief producing good practice, producing good communities back on track with God's mission in the world. I believe this is a very important season for our community and the church in general.
May we proceed with the greatest degree of humility, gentleness, and patience as the Holy Spirit helps us. Please expect our teaching to bounce between understanding how we got in this mess and then a reorientation to what we believe and practice as a community following Jesus. And we'll do that for as long as it takes until we sort out this mess and we get back on track. This morning, I want to start with a reorientation to our faith in Jesus. I want, I want to share, we believe in Jesus. And I want to start with uh, just the outline that was given us in a 1982 Vineyard Worship song. I believe in Jesus. I believe He is the Son of God. I believe He died and rose again. I believe He paid for us all. And I believe He's here now. Standing in our midst. Here with the power to heal now. With the power to heal now. And the grace to forgive. I can't cover the chorus. I can only cover one verse this morning. I'll cover the chorus at another time. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is not just the reason for the season that we just celebrated. Jesus is the reason for my entire existence. He is my past. He's my present. He's my future. He has dealt fairly and gently with my past failures. He's the reason I wake up each day in hopes of a fulfilling life. He is where I'm headed. I look forward to the future day when I will see Him face to face. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus, in His ministry on the earth, asked His first followers who the people following him believed him to be. At that time, people believed Jesus to be. Maybe he's John the Baptist, back from the dead. Or maybe he's Elijah, back from his ascent into heaven. Maybe he's Jeremiah. Or maybe he's one of the other Old Testament prophets. It's, it's amazing that even after a couple of years of ministry, there was no consensus of who Jesus is, and even his closest friends were still trying to answer that question. And it's at that time that Peter came out with the best and the truthful answer. Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus liked that answer. <laughs> and he blessed Peter with these words, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, I believe, like Peter, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. He is the King that we've been waiting for, who will set all things right. He's the only unique Son of Almighty God who has existed forever and who set his privileges of deity aside 
for a season to become a man. He in his uniqueness is fully God and fully man all the time. And I believe that knowing him as the Son of God was not only revealed to Peter, but also revealed to me. Mysteriously, God the Father disclosed the identity of Jesus to me while, some, while someone told me the story of Jesus once a week through my junior year in high school. At the end of that year, I was asked if I wanted to follow Jesus. And I did, because there was a revelation of who I was following. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He died and rose again. I believe Jesus came to seek and to save the lost by offering His life a ransom for all. I do believe Jesus, along with the Father and the Spirit, loved humanity. And Jesus willingly humbled Himself to become human, to live a humble life, even to the point of dying on a cross for the sake of others. He provided a needed sacrifice for full forgiveness and cleansing of my sin. Having provided that sacrifice by death, his body was placed in the grave. And on the third day, he was raised bodily from the dead. He was resurrected from the dead. He is my resurrection and my life. And I believe he paid for us all. What Jesus did for me, he did for every human being throughout history and everywhere on the globe. I believe he is making his payment known to everyone so that all may know him and receive every benefit of his love for us. All who seek him will be found by him. He wants all to experience his love, his forgiveness, and a grounded relationship with the creator of all. I believe in Jesus. Do you? Do we seek to believe God's revelation of the Son of God? We don't want to, we don't want to believe somebody else's interpretation of Jesus. We want to believe based on a face-to-face -face encounter with the truth. To know God as God has revealed himself to us is to know the true and the living God. Let's begin, starting this morning, to reorient our faith. Let's build it around this declaration. We believe in Jesus as Jesus has been revealed to us. We believe in Jesus as Jesus has been revealed to us. Holy Spirit, come, because we long to know Jesus. As I say this closing prayer, I want to ask you, don't bow your head, don't close your hands. Open your hands and look heavenward. You know, just kind of peer beyond the ceiling into the heavenlies. 
Jesus has ascended. Raised from the dead, he ascended to the right hand of the Father, which is where he came from. And all authority and all power has been given to him. Jesus, we want to learn to trust you. So we are embarking on a journey today to open up our hearts to get to know you in all your mystery and wonder. We believe that you're not only friendly to us, but so loving and kind. How we need to experience your love and kindness. We are hungry for what is real. The step we are taking in our attempt to trust, we give you our life and ask you to teach us, to free us, to, to transform us into the persons you designed us to be. We want to do the things in this world that brings blessings to others, transformation, peace, joy, all that we are experiencing from your hand, we want others to receive as we live in relationship with you and with one another day by day. Hear our prayer, O Lord and Holy Spirit. Let it become true in the name of Jesus. Thank you for spending this time with us. I want to invite everyone to...